Welcome everybody to the very first podcast for Dairy from Norwegian Red. This is Kate Stey here, coming live to you from Hamar in Norway, and I'm here together with my colleague Dr. Trygve Solberg. Thank you very much, Kate. It's uh, I'm so happy to introduce our first uh, podcast, uh, yeah. talking about Norwegian Red mm. uh, and uh, our sustainable breeding program. That mm. uh, I'm looking forward to that. What can people expect from us? What are we going to talk about? Oh, a lot, Kate. I think you, they will have so many topics within uh, animal health, animal breeding, sustainability, uh, milk production, etc. So uh, it's so many topics to to looking forward mm. to. Fantastic. So our theme today is a really important one. We're going to talk about animal health. And we're joined by a special guest today, Olaf Österos, who is a special advisor within Dairy Health and Welfare at Tina, the Norwegian processing company, and has a long, illustrious career uh, within this area, both with the Norwegian Veterinarian Institution, um, also at the Norwegian Cattle Health Service, and as a professor at the Norwegian School of Veterinary Science over many, many years. Welcome, Olaf. Thank you. Let's start off by setting the scene. Many of our listeners have never been to Norway and know very little about Norwegian agriculture. Can you tell us what does a typical dairy farm in Norway look like and how does the industry work? Thank you very much, Kate. Um, Norwegian agriculture is uh, very varied uh, because Norway is uh, is a long country from south to, to far above the, the polar circle. Uh, I would say that... Um, Generally, um, the farmers have a lot of influence on the decisions uh, within farming because most of the organizations uh, are organized as a cooperative. Um, I would say uh, half of the dairy industry is uh, milked from a milking robot. Uh, typical uh, 30, 40, 50, up to 60 milking uh, cows. That's the typical average. Uh, and the grazing, grazing season is from May to September. Um, so um, it, it's a big variation. Yeah. Mm. I think it's very important to stress that uh, many of the dairy farmers belongs to the cooperative. Like Gino is a cooperative, Tina is a cooperative, uh, which means that uh, farmers are doing things uh, together, uh, trusting each other and sharing information, etc., etc. Mm. And to health, I think it's very important. It couldn't be done what we have done in Norway without uh, cooperatives. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, good point, uh, Olaf. Uh, the, the the structure and uh, the, the the influence the farmers have is uh, really important. Mm. And I think it's very important to to recognize that uh, farm size is uh, international quite small. It's a family farm mm. uh, unit, uh, and uh, the politics is like uh, you should do dairy farming up in the mountains in, in the valley to grow uh, 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 grain in the area where you can grow grain because mm. the country is so far north. And uh, yeah, it's uh, mixed with some politics and, and family farming. Mm. 
That's interesting. We've heard that Nordic cattle, cattle really lead the way for cattle health internationally. Is that true? And if it is, why is that the case? Yeah, one should be very careful to say best in world in everything because uh, it's always somebody who is better in something than you are. But in general, uh, Norwegian health is <coughs> pretty good. We have uh, eradicated lots of infectious diseases. Uh, we <coughs> seems not to have uh, paratuberculosis. We haven't seen any positive cases of mycoplasma bovis so far. Uh, mastitis situation is quite good and we have improved this uh, very much <clears throat> the last 20 years. Like the treatment rate of mastitis is decreased by 70%. Mm. Uh, ketosis is decreased by 90%. Uh, Reproduction diseases is uh, lower, etc., etc. Mm. And we have also uh, a very good control of antibiotic resistance. So, uh, what we know about samples going to the mastitis lab on stuff for is uh, it's only two to three percent, which is not sensitive to penicillin. So, penicillin is. Uh, really the drug of choice when we are treating animals. Mm. But Olaf, you, you mentioned, of course, here that, uh, that the health situation is extremely good here in Norway, and, and that is maybe something unique. Um, uh, and I know that um, we record... Uh, Basically everything um, or, or all treatments um, of, yeah. or, of cows. We have introduced something that we call the health card. Um, can you tell us a little bit uh, more about uh, the, the health card and this recording system and how we have recorded uh, treatments of each individual card? Yeah, it's quite interesting. And, uh, and to those who are not common with the health card, it's a little complicated. So... I would try to tell a little about the history of the health card to see how it uh, it started. It started, in fact, in uh, in 1967, 69, with a trial project. And the key thing was that uh, Gino wanted to have a knowledge about uh, mothers for uh, elite bulls, which... Uh, uh, if they have uh, uh, cystic ovaries or uh, non-estrous. Mm. And for veterinarians, it was very uh, difficult to state that in an, uh, an statement to Gino, so they needed some uh, notification on these cows. So then they started a trial to with the health card, <coughs> and in fact this... Uh, was made at, as a national uh, system after 1975. Uh, so it covers the whole country. Uh, first, it's very interesting because code number zero was anestris. Uh, code number one was cystic ovaries. Mm -hmm. So it tells us about the importance of reproduction diseases in, in the start. Uh, but after some years, <coughs> it uh, it covers all different kind of diseases. We have uh, 
a fairly simple system with 50 different codes. And I think in uh, production animals, there is not need for more codes. It mm. is needed to be rather rough. And this was uh, based on an appointment between uh, the Veterinary Association and uh, Gino in in first uh, years. And after some years, uh, also animal recordings were introduced. So um, uh, these recordings on the health card was gathered with the TINA advisors. Uh, so it was reported into the animal recording system. And the fortune is that we have all information in one uh, database. Uh, after some years also, this was part of the official recording system. Uh, there was some opposition, of course, first, <laughs> both from farmers and veterinarians and also the official authorities. But after some years, it was made as an official recording system. Uh, but in the 80s, it was turned again over to the private sector to have the responsibility. So it is really the animal recording, Gino and Tina, which has the main responsibility for uh, running this system. And from 2012, we were modernized, so the veterinarians are uh, obliged to make journals, obliged to make uh, reports on uh, all medical usage into the food authorities. And there was made a system, so they report everything automatically, also the diagnosis in digital format into the animal recording system. Mm. And uh, we have also had project, a scientific project to evaluate the validity of this reporting system and it turns out to be quite very good. Mm. Mm. So it covers about at least 90% of uh, what's happening out there. Mm. So would it be right to say then that every single animal that is born into the Norwegian population, it has its own individual health card, and then every treatment that happens through its life, the veterinarians are they're required to report it. It's part of their their daily role. Yeah, that's right. Every cow, every cow had her own, uh, own yellow card, uh, which she got when uh, she coughed for first time. We also made a young stock uh, health card for uh, reporting cough diseases. Mm. And uh, cough disease is quite uh, difficult to get reported, but we succeeded uh, after some years with uh, feedback to farmers. And uh, <coughs> I think we now have uh, reports on dehorning, on respiratory disease since cough, diarrhea, etc. So Gina has made some trials where they found genetic correlation with uh, respiratory diseases. So it's a heritability there as well. Mm. And that's uh, important that you mentioned that, uh, Olav, because when you speak about heritability, that means that it is possible to improve the genetics part. Mm. 
uh, and uh, health has been included in the breeding goal for Norwegian Red for many years. And uh, mm. the reason why we could include it is actually the fact that we have all these records. Mm. So mm. that's the fundament for including health within the breeding goal. Right. And uh, we have uh, proven that it's possible to improve health genetically uh, mm. in the Norwegian Red. So mm. uh, it's, um, it's several reasons why we have such a good health in Norwegian mm. Red. That's also a, a genetic, gen- genetic part, of course, but also also uh, the utilization of the, of the health data that we have in the herd recording system. Mm. It's quite interesting because uh, <clears throat> as uh, milk production increased in Norway in the 50s and 60s and 70s, we saw an increase in uh, mastitis treatment and production diseases. And farmers and veterinarians were arguing that the breeding was going in the wrong direction. Mm. So re- there was mm. a huge discussion between breeders and farmers and veterinarians about health and production. And the breeders then said that, uh, well, if we should uh, test this, we need some records on mm. health. So they m- that was one of the main reasons why they made all these uh, records mm. and it was included in uh, in uh, in weights from mastitis to post milk production from 75 or yeah at least in the beginning of 1970s yeah, because yeah. Uh, when this uh, health recorded started in in the 60s it, it took some time to accumulate uh, the necessary amount of data of course mm. uh, so uh, I believe it was included in the breeding goal in the beginning of 1970s. Mm. I think that uh, uh, the main results of this, this breeding was seen from uh, 93-94 due to the generation. Mm. Uh, and uh, if we estimate the reason why we have a 70% reduction in uh, Mastitis treatment, I think that uh, breeding uh, have uh, one, one third of, mm. of the reason. Mm. One of the indicators when we think about health is, of course, related to antibiotics. It's one of the key things that we can measure. And um, when I was reading up about it, the EU releases a report each year through the European um, Medicine Agency, which shows the level of veterinary antibiotics which is sold for food-producing animals, including cattle. And year after year, Norway reports the lowest sales of antibiotics. How has Norway achieved this? And is it possible for other countries who have a medium or high level to come to the same level as Norway? Uh, Well, I think we should be very careful to compare different countries because it's different systems, different agriculture, different attitudes. Mm. Uh, But I think it's it's very, very possible to decrease the use of antibiotics. We saw a huge increase in use of antibiotics from 75 to 94 and it turns out that farmers were really hiding good quality, low somatic cell count. So cell count uh, was paid uh, in a quality system from 85. Uh, 
I think that many farmers were overdoing uh, this, mm. so we have to change the attitude, and that was uh, really done after '94. And one of the reasons was there was a huge uh, use of antibiotics in salmon industry. Uh, and they reduced from uh, 32 tons to less than one tons in two years. Mm. And then the politicians started to talk about agriculture, what was going on in agriculture. And it was a need to change the attitude to to use of antibiotics. Mm. I think uh, it was partly a political reason, uh, lots of attention in the media, and I think also here cooperatives are very important because farmers could just go out and say, we wanted to change this. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that's done by breeding, by preventive medicine, and uh, and uh, changing of attitudes. Mm. Trigvan, I have a question maybe more for you. Um, internationally, we see a growing trend towards crossbreeding. Why do you think Norwegian Red is a good choice for crossbreeding, particularly for those Holstein or Hojo herds, which currently take up a large majority of the dairy industry? Yeah, we have now heard that uh, one obvious reason is, of course, uh, extremely good health. <laughs> that, that's one reason. Uh, the other reason is of uh, is very good fertility. The Norwegian red is uh, famous for ex- superior fertility, uh, and I also say that it's a yeah it's a sizable. It, it's a medium sized cow, uh, very feed efficient, uh, and the Norwegian red. Uh, we have included uh, a very broad breeding goal uh, for many many years, which uh, has created the Norwegian red to be very robust. And uh, that means that uh, the Norwegian red will, will recover very quickly after giving birth, for instance. So the metabolic, uh, the, 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 the energy um, comes quickly uh, up to, to, to speed for the Norwegian red compared to other breeds. Mm-hmm. So the main reasons is good health, of course, superior fertility and, uh, and uh, a feed efficient uh, cow. Mm. And as you said before, Olaf, the genetics part of it, of course, is just one part when it comes to health. There's a lot to do with management and regulations and the environment that the the animals are in. So, Trigva, based on the genetic side, have you seen anything in real-life results on-farm, particularly for our U.S. customers, where they've used Norwegian red and crossbreeding? Does it have any effect for health traits? It has an effect, definitely. Uh, we have several farms in the U.S. that have used Norwegian Red in a crossbreeding program. And uh, there we have had the opportunity to compare pure Holsteins versus the crossbred animals. And what we see is that uh, typical uh, somatic cell count is uh, significantly reduced on the crossbreds compared to the purebred Holsteins. So we have seen a, 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 a quite a dramatic uh, positive effect uh, on the crossbreds uh, compared to the purebreds, mm. yes. And Olaf, one thing you touched on earlier, which I think is really important, is also that around calf health and survivability. Because when we talk about cattle health, there's a lot of focus on those transition diseases, udder health, mastitis, ketosis. Um, but now that we see, particularly internationally, more and more use of sick semen, so a lot more um, hyphal calves coming out where farmers are investing in the technology and the genetics and they really need those calves to make it into production. Um, 
what has Norwegian Red done to really promote calf health? Or Gino? Yeah, I think that uh, <clears throat> when you're breeding for resistance on mastitis, uh, probably you are improving the immune system. Uh, and that would, uh, it wouldn't surprise me that uh, that will also have an impact on calf uh, disease. Like we see, there is a heritability on respiratory disease. Um, so I think uh, it's it's very important. And I, I would like to add uh, concerning mastitis. I've been in practice as a veterinarian, was a student in the uh, middle of the 70s. And there was not very seldom we saw really heavy cases of mastitis, even with gangrena. Mm. And we never see that anymore. It seems to me that the symptoms are changed very much more and more over to mild cases. Mm. Uh, and the cell count in Norway is still, we have very little use of antibiotics. The cell count are very, very low. Mm. I think we can prove that we are among the best in the world competing with the Finns. It's only one country which has lower cell count and that is Switzerland. It's hmm. interesting. Okay, let's be, be honest there. And the, the disease outbreaks can, can happen, uh, of course. And uh, we have customers internationally who, who, who deal with diseases like uh, tuberculosis, for instance, and we hear about very little of these kinds of uh, instances in, in Norway. And uh, from a veterinarian's point of view, uh, Olav, what is the secret to, to protect yourself from diseases or avoid outbreaks, uh, regardless of uh, which country you're in? Yeah, yeah that's um, a <laughs> very difficult question. Uh, I see that the fortune we have in Norway is that we are so far north and we have uh, had very strong regulation. So uh, we have uh, bovine leukosis uh, was eradicated uh, very early. Brucellosis was eradicated in 1953. Uh, last case with tuberculosis was in '63. Uh, but to keep up this, I think it's it's very important to have a cow with a good mm. immune system. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. uh, and uh, and we are very restrictive to trade of animals across countries. Mm. We have lots of trade of animals within the country, and we are working with uh, with that. But uh, I do think that all these trade of animals throughout the mm. di between different countries in Europe is yeah. is not really sustainable. Yeah. Mm. But just a quick, a quick follow up question here that is some to somehow related to the use of antibiotics as well, uh, because I th that's my impression that I mean. All the veterinarians in Norway, if they treat an animal with antibiotics, it's mandatory to report it, right? And yeah, the yeah. veterinarian do not have any kind of financial benefit of selling antibiotics. 
Yeah, that's uh, th- that, that's a different between yep. uh, I would say Nor- Norway, the Nordic countries versus international, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a Nordic uh, model that uh, veterinarians are not allowed to to take more money for antibiotics than yeah. they buy it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, they are uh, earning their money on uh, on uh, putting the right diagnosis, mm. and uh, I would like them to work even more on prevention mm. and uh, and reporting is of course very important to have record health record is is a key thing mm. in uh, in doing this mm. and this also leads to that we i would say in uh, in mastitis we don't have any resistance problem Mm. antibiotic resistance problem mm. anymore. Okay, that's it from us. Um, I would like to thank you, Olaf, for coming in and spending time with Trigver and I today, mm. and I hope that our listeners have learned a little bit more about Norwegian dairy farming, the Norwegian red breed, and the systems that we have in place to make, make dairy farming more sustainable um, mm. and healthy. So from all of us at Gino and Norwegian Red, we wish you a happy and healthy herd, and you can get in contact with us at any time via our website, norwegianred.com. Mm.